that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So see that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian-American Podcast. I'm your host, John Viola, sitting down with two of my best buddies, the notorious P.O.B., the Italian-American Wikipedia himself, Mr. Patrick O'Boyle, and from Cooking with Nona Fame, our very own Ms. Rosella Rago. Guys, good to be back together again. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. It's a topic that I think the audience knows by now is incredibly important to most of us here on the show, particularly the three of us here on this episode and one that sometimes we get a little bit of pushback that we're uh, very focused on our beloved ancestral homeland in the south of Italy. But this is not a normal kvetch about uh, the situation in the south episode because we have a very special guest with us who I've been looking forward to speaking to since I first received information on her newest project. She is a veteran of not just the travel industry and the ancestral travel industry, but also the content creation, I guess you'd call it today, the idea of Travel Channel, one of the first people actually involved with the Travel Channel to begin with all the way back at its founding. She's been on New York One. She's been all over TV and uh, available to you in many, many forms. But today we have her here because she is one of the recipients of the Russo Brothers Film Forum Award, which encourages Italian and Italian-American filmmakers to follow their dream projects every year. And uh, it's a out of the hundreds that apply, it's only a select number, I think it's eight or 10 or something like that, that get this uh, special grant to help them finalize and help them bring their project to fruition. And so today's guest, Valerie Delia, is the creative mind behind the project Saving Southern Italy. And so obviously, as you can imagine, if you've listened for a long time, once I read that, I said to Stephanie, we've got to meet this person. So Valerie, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Really happy to have you on. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here, and especially since I'm in Italy right now. Yes, we're all jealous. Uh, you want to tell the audience where you're located? Because it's jealousy-inducing. Okay, right now I am in uh, Pizzo Calabro, and that's in Calabria region. And I am uh, here at the uh, beachfront home of one of my uh, New York Italian friends. And just for a couple of days and doing a little bit of shooting for that documentary. So I am about... It, from uh, where I started was in my ancestral home and it was probably about a six hour journey not on the fast train to <laughs> get down here to Pizzo Calibro and uh, it's the Mediterranean it's just gorgeous and it's been nice to be here but a very quick two-day turnaround for me. Wow that is pretty quick but uh, if, if you can get a couple hours somewhere on the beach in south of Italy it's well worth the journey right? Yeah, and the bragging rights uh, completely on my Facebook posts, for sure. So much less pretentious than going to the Hamptons down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the food is much cheaper and much better. 
It is, yeah, tonight we're going out for pizza and pizza. So that's at nine o'clock, which for me is like late, but I know that's the way it is here in Italy. But it's it's beautiful and it's been a nice little respite and just getting my head together to, to make this documentary happen under a very, very quick scadenza, as they say, a deadline. Yeah, let's talk about the documentary. Let's jump right into it. So as I say, you've been a, a veteran of the industry for a long time. You've brought people back to their... Uh, towns you've got shows around another topic that i do want us to discuss while we're together which is this uh new sort of booming industry around buildings for sale for a euro or some other iteration some of them are more expensive a little bit but uh you've got tons of content created around renovating your own place and bringing people hope to find theirs and tips which is obviously important um but this project for which you are the recipient of the rooster brothers film forum grant saving southern italy was kind of born out of the pandemic, right? I mean, it, it seems like that you were inspired by the, in the middle of this whole thing to create this project. Can you tell us what the vision is and, and, and how it came yeah. to you? Well, it actually came to me pre-pandemic because I do spend a lot of time in the ancestral homeland of Castelfranco in Miscano, a province of Benevento in the Campania region. And I lead roots trips, been doing that for the past few years, but everything was uh, you know, halted because of the pandemic. And I have always thought that I really wanna give back. I wanna give back to this little village. It just has this hold on me that is just so hard to explain. And um, I wanted to buy something and I thought, well, I'm seeing so much about these houses for one euro and um, these houses that are on the private market. And I thought that uh, when I saw the Russo Brothers program that I would submit and I submitted this idea and it just came to me as um, saving Southern Italy because of all the abandoned homes that there are in Southern Italy and the fact that so many people are leaving um, Southern Italy to go up north. And I thought, well, I want to help rejuvenate. I want to bring people back to Southern Italy. And some of these programs, you know, they are, they are phenomenal. The house is for one euro, but it's not just one euro, as you could imagine. And then there were the private market um, deals, which is something that I'm getting involved in. I'm not doing, we don't have the houses for one euro program in our village. So I'm doing the private market. You know, unfortunately, there are many, many, many abandoned homes in our village, just like many um, places in Southern Italy, um, but we're not organized the way that other places are that are getting the publicity for the uh, Casa Une Euro program. It's funny, we were just talking about that on another episode. We were talking to the uh, director of the Museo del Cognome in, in Padula and talking about the ancestral towns and you know, our, our family histories and things. And uh, Pat pointed out that the town my paternal grandfather's line comes from, Latronico in Potenza, was recently highlighted on CNN.com for its uh, version of this one euro house scheme they are selling it a little bit closer to market rate, but you know, the 20 to 30,000 euros and things like that. But it's a very forward thinking and forward looking website that they're putting them on and they're putting them out to different markets in the U S and Australia and Canada. It, it, it seems like what might have begun as a uh, gimmick, if you will, has really taken off throughout the South in particular. Are you noticing that people are taking this thing seriously? Have you heard any success stories from these towns? Because I guess people <laughs> kind of hear about it and then we never know where it goes. Okay, that's what my uh, job is, is to find this out. But I'm thinking like right now, I'm not 
finding people who are Italian Americans who are here, okay, in the research that I've done, obviously because they're just coming out of the pandemic here. So I've taken on a very big challenge, especially during this time period. So it's not a gimmick. It's certainly something that is you know, tangible. However, the challenge is finding the Italian Americans like me who are here, who have their feet on the ground and they are going forward with this uh, buying and renovating. So that's where I'm at right now. And I'm doing a lot of research to find out in these towns like Molise, not town, but, but these regions and towns, Zungoli, which is near me, has a Casione Euro program near me in Castelfranco, near Castelfranco. And then Molise, that region, has uh, a lot of these uh, Casione Euro homes in the different towns. So right now, what I'm trying to do is just find those Italian Americans who have their hearts set on doing this. And hopefully there are going to be some who are going to be here. And, and that's the research mode that I'm in right now. And I took it upon myself to kind of expand the concept of saving Southern Italy in, in a bricks and mortar kind of a way. If it's not just buying a house and renovating it, maybe they're doing something else. Like for instance, in Sicily, I know a guy who is building a wedding venue. He's an Italian American. So, but he's not going to be here until late August. So that's the thing. So will he fit into my documentary? I certainly hope so. So I'm giving it a little bit of leeway and flexibility. It doesn't have to just be about buying and renovating a, a home. It can be about other ideas, an etno winery down in Sicily. Okay, that, so somebody is building that. So I'm, I'm just giving it a little bit of you know, room for me to, to just anybody who's giving back in some tangible way who is Italian-American. And so that, that gives me more grist for the mill. It's funny you say grist for the mill, actually. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Pat, Pat and I have spent a lot of time in our professional careers looking at opportunities to seed and create investment in Southern Italy amongst the Italian-American community. Because the reason, even though some of our audience would like us to be a little bit more geographically blind, the reason we talk about it so much is because A, we're all Southern Italians, and B, 87% of the diaspora here in this country has roots in the south of Italy. So there's an obvious connection there. But we actually have looked at some amazing projects down there, one of which was a, an actual historic mill. It was It's owned by Italians. I believe they're outside of Padula in Campania. They have renovated and restored a historic mill, and they're going uh, through tons of work to re-engineer some of the ancient grains that are naturally gluten-free or usable by those people who suffer from gluten allergies and things. So all this dynamism that we encounter in the South that's going on sort of undercover or under the radar, I think it, getting Italian-Americans to realize that it's phase one is to see your ancestral village, to know where you come from, to have the opportunity to meet people, meet family. But if you fall in love with it, like most of us do, and you keep returning, I think phase two is to dig out all of the dynamism that is there. Cause I think people either have the idea that it's, it's the same as their great grandparents or grandparents left it, or it's a place that's so foreign to them. Or obviously, like you say, people are leaving and in significant numbers, but there is a lot of dynamism and a lot of opportunity commercially and in terms of businesses that people can bring. So I think that's a great aspect of your project is the, the fact that there are so many people who are doing these kind of things, starting businesses, taking risks, doing it in a place where you might, never really imagined going to, to work and, and to own something. But I think the opportunities that exist in the South are really, really ripe right now. 
I can't agree with you more. There are a lot of opportunities, but to me, there's an overriding sadness in a sense to think that my great grandfather uh, who started Delia Travel because he booked um, his friends and relatives from Naples, Italy to Ellis Island in steerage class at the turn of the century on transatlantic liners. And I think of that exodus. And now I think that here we are a hundred and odd years later, and there's still this exodus from Southern Italy. So I just personally feel this connection that I want to give back and I want to thank my great grandfather for what he did to, you know, sight unseen to go over to America and then make this incredible life for me, a person he didn't even know. And so I'm giving back. And just to think there's all this abandonment and with my roots trips, I'm getting other people riled up about this too. When you go there and you just, you fall in love with this salt of the earth place, you know, Castelfranco and Miscano, and I'm speaking for anybody who has their ancestral roots in Southern Italy. So um, just a passion project and just hoping that I'm going to find people who have as much enthusiasm about it as I do in other places. Like for instance, I'm going to Lettere, which is near the Amalfi coast. And it's a guy from the U S and what he did is he and his family, they purchased I guess it was a huge castle and then they sold it back to the town and now they're developing programming for people to come back to the town. And I'm going to learn more about this on Tuesday because I'm going to go there and meet him. And he's trying to revive his village by selling it back, this big castle. And um, and I'm going to find out what exactly he's doing. But like, that's a really cool project. You know, it's not a house that he's buying, but you know, the history there is going to be amazing. And to be able to document just his passion for it. And so these, I'm getting like little seeds, little kernels that I'm building on. Leitere is very famous for its wine. I didn't know that. Okay. It's a very unknown um, varietal of wine that's similar to Graniano. Hmm. Okay. Well, look for that. I'm yeah. Sure we'll You're, be it's kind of it's kind of like fizzy and fun, and I like it. And people make fun of me, but I love Lambrusco, <laughs> sweet stuff too. I okay. love Leitre. Leitre was a Leitre yeah. like Graniano was the wine they ate with pizza before beer became popular after the war. Oh. All right. Okay. That's good. That's a good little nugget there. It's a good tip. Maybe um, maybe yeah. that's what we want to do, Pat. Maybe we want to get a winery in late today. But, you know, that's like part of what's developed through COVID is the idea that people are taking on stuff they never would have assumed because we're realizing how small the world is with communication technology. I mean, obviously, you're on the beach in Calabria right now. We're between Brooklyn and New Jersey, but we're having this conversation relatively clearly. It's kind of two themes that I think about. One of them is are Americans and Italian-Americans in particular seeing that you can, through these kind of communication technologies, undertake a business or a home or some kind of investment in Italy and still manage it uh, remotely in a different way. And then B, and kind of more importantly, you know, you're talking about the continued exodus from the South. And it really has been since the 1870s when people started to come to this country and other countries and then through the Second World War and then the internal migration of the 50s and 60s and 70s when uh, Southern Italians were going North. And now with the European Union, Southern Italians are going out into the places like Belgium and uh, Germany and, and things like that, or coming here. It's kind of been continuous. But one of the things I've noticed, and I wonder if you've noticed this too, uh, 
with people returning to their ancestral towns, Italians returning to their ancestral towns during COVID, it seems like there may be a new hope for the idea that you don't have to necessarily leave to hold down a job and work remotely. That's absolutely true. And that's something I'm going to cover as well. I'm going to go to those places and find out where they're going to have host remote workers. And I just love the idea of that as well, how to revive a town. I mean, that's a good, that's a good example for, for my town as well. We have such so many abandoned places. It would be amazing to bring people in and to have them you know, do exactly what you're saying, is just put yourself there and, and do remote work. But um, we do have something significant in our village. We are, um, we have a connection with a famous maestro uh, named Sir Antonio Papano. And part of my documentary is going to be about the music school built in honor of his father who was born in the village. And Sir Antonio Papano is a, a conductor in London and also of Rome's Santa Cecilia Symphony Orchestra. Comes back um, every Ferragusto, except for the last one, and he does a concert in our little um, in our little piazza. And so that is just a phenomenal event. I've already done an award-winning a, a short documentary on that that uh, won three journalism awards. And so what I'm excited about now is that I'm going to be able to now introduce people to the building of the music school, which I shot. And then when my roots trips leave, once again, and thing, we time it with the roots trips with that uh, particular concert. But honestly, the rest of the year, like when I came here for the first time this month, a month ago, the first time since the pandemic, I was just really just surprised at how quiet it was and how I'm so used to there being, you know, 40 to 50 Italian Americans or my relatives there and, but not that way. So it just shows you, you need people, yes, in all of these places that want to lead the charge. Yeah, you certainly do. You know, do they, we, do they call him Don Antonio? Don would be Don Rosario, who is like our the, the priest. The old the old timers when you had somebody who had a quasi noble aristocratic status in the town. There's a few guys left who are still called Don. I'm looking for like you know the truffles. Who <laughs> still has the Don? Not really. Still, who still has the Don t- title? Do you know where Don comes from? It's from the Latin word Dominus, Lord. Okay. And Lord, Don, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Lord and Donna comes from the Latin word domina. Hmm. It's yeah. a contraction of domina. But yeah, the okay. old the old timers, I was hoping it was called Don Andonia. That's the old Don Andonia. That's why they called yeah. Don Vito Corleone, Don Corleone in The Godfather. That was the, the big guy in town had the Don title, someone who had a Cavalieri title. This is the stuff that, that interests me. You guys are <laughs> talking about developing properties. I want to know who's still walking around with the title Don, but you know. Yeah, but you know what? I thought that it, it's funny because like. you love the historical minutiae, but at the same time, one of the things that we do every time we're over there. It kind of fits right into what Valerie's talking about, which is seeking out the historical manufacturers. Seeking, I mean, you are like a f- phenomenal collector of the last of everything, right? The, the last fountain pen made in Naples, the last guy who makes shoes in this place, and you know that that's another part of this aspect is is not just investment; it's how we spend our money as consumers. Because it's the Italian Noah's Ark, the Neapolitan Noah's Ark. Yes, that's uh, you are you two, are creating that. two by two hat makers. Suit makers, shirt makers, pen makers. But you know them and you frequent their establishments and you and you buy from them and you support umbrella them. makers. Yeah. And that's a big part of this return investment. You know, you may not be able to go over there and buy a building or, or open a business or whatever it is, but you can certainly shop through well, some Italian products. The, the best part of Italy is the relationships. Yeah. That's why Italy is not a buy online culture. 
Because yeah. in Italy, it's all about the relationship. You go in, you know the guy, you have a conversation, he asks you how your family is, maybe he offers you a coffee. That's why I think people are shocked. I had someone who was not Italian deal with an Italian-American business in New Jersey. And they're like, why do they, why when I walk in, do they want a conversation? Why are they, and you know, they would do favors for them. They wouldn't charge them for certain things. And, you know, they would just say, oh, how's your family? And they were just totally um, thrown off. I'm like, they're not trying to pick you up. They're not being nosy. They're just friendly. <laughs> they're just friendly people. And I think that's, you know, if there's anything that we brought over with us, it's that kind of relationship culture. And I think that's the beauty about people going back. And even if it's just a vacation home in the south of Italy, you're never going to understand Italy until you've been there for a long amount of time and you've engaged with people. Yeah. Because the, everything Italy has, the castles, the paintings, the fountains, the churches, the everything is secondary to the people. It's just like that's the outward expression of a people. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I cannot believe how I am welcomed into Castelfranco. These people are so kind to me. And I think they really appreciate the interest that I have and the love that I have for the village. And, you know, it's like, here comes that American woman here. She, you know, what yeah, is your, she doing your, now? Your love for that town made you part of the tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And now you're one, you're one I, of them now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I would like that. I would like yeah, that. I yeah, think yeah. that they're they're very touched, you know, how I feel about this town and trying to put it on the map. And I, I think it's the same for uh, Sir Antonio Papano. You know, his parents were born there and he's a big name. And uh, just proud of that. You know, it's, it's just... It's, it's a phenomenal feeling, and, and uh, you're right about that. And I was going to say, Patrick, what, you have a good idea. Why don't you submit it to the Russo Brothers Grant Program next year and do a documentary, you know, about the names of the Dons and all that. You know, it's worth a try. Wow. That, no, that's a John project. What was yeah. it? Don, Don Quixote. Who's the little fat guy that went along with him? Sancho Panza. Yeah, yeah, that's under Sancho Panza. <laughs> so John, like that'll be a windmill. John will say, let's take that windmill out and I'll go along. Okay. But we might do something beautiful. Maybe we should do the last Don. Wow. The last yeah, Don. You, you know, that's interesting enough. I mean, I love that. That's a great idea. You know, you never know. I didn't See, I have I didn't all these, that, these sick yeah. projects. I want to have all the nobles start calling themselves Don and Don again. Okay. I had somebody actually did an article on this because it gives a little color to the area. He's the one I saw the conversation with. He grew up in Italy. He lives in the United States and he writes. And he was saying that uh, a woman that was his mother's age was Donna. And her daughter, who's his age now would be in, he's in his 70s, his late 70s. She was called by her first name. And she was the first one in the family that did not receive the Don Donna title. That kind of died out after the war. People stopped using those kind of courtesy titles for the, for the important people in town. It only stuck with the priest. He was the only one that kept mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, that's the only... You got to ask around. Have this conversation uh, okay. with them. They'll say, ah, I Marie, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, these are right. these are the kind of treasures, like, you know, you, you can learn so much, and you learn so much about yourself, too, because we have this sense in the U.S. that we took a local language a hundred years ago and came here and we use words that they don't use in Italy anymore. And you take, you find the right person you go back and you say a word and it solves not only a mystery for you in terms of the meaning, but it brings yeah. them back to how their family spoke or their grandparents spoke. And, you know, you see it all the time. I was going to say, okay, a case in point, uh, when you see these houses that are a total wreck and the only word that comes to mind, because I heard it all my life. I don't know if you know this word, it's skashad. Yeah. 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 Shkashad is all busted up. 
all busted up. And those what these houses are. They're all scushad. And I love it. And they laugh, especially when I say it. And they just think it's really funny because I know, but I brought, it's just in my brain, you know. We have that as the word of the day to our listeners. Today's word of the day. I have them. Yeah, I have them spell it for me. Let me see if I can bring that up. Ready? S-C-A-S like Sam, C-I-A-T like Tom, E. Scushad. Wow. That E actually has... That E in Neapolitan yeah. has two dots on the top. That's called a schwa. Oh. Is that, okay. Yeah, okay. We got, all right. All right. You're got, into the words. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We got that from well, the that, Oscans. It's funny to think that we have words that we've preserved that even though they exist in parallel in Italian, they're not really used over there. You know, I find people hear me say something yeah. and then they want to decipher what it is. And it may take a, a couple people to come together and sort of figure out the etymology. But it's like we're giving something back. We're giving back a little piece of their history, too. And that's really the whole point of this project, right? We are like the branch of a tree that was cut off. And if you can reunite that branch, you know, I've always said Italians, particularly in the South, whatever struggles there are, it's not due to the people lacking in hard work, creativity, dedication, talent. Look at what happened in this country when our people were dropped. The root of our plant was planted in the soil of meritocracy. Look how we thrived. So to be able to come back with the best of our passion for our homeland and our traditions and a dedication to and knowledge of the American system of merit and, and enterprise. What a great combination. You know, only we can give that back to the South. No one else can do that because we have both. And I always say that I have the Italian work ethic. And when I see it in my village and I see my friends and fourth cousins who run the bar, it's just work, 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 work. And I, and I think about, my great-grandfather, when he left um, the village back at the turn of the century, I was told by uh, Joe Shelsa of the Italian-American Museum, I said, how did my grandfather get to Naples? And you know what he said? He walked. They uh-huh. walked to Naples. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. You know, you're going to a country sight unseen. You're taking this big risk. In the meantime, I, and that's what I, I just remind myself of that. I remind myself of of that kind of a work ethic. And then you develop a business that lasts four generations. And I've taken it into another realm, the travel agency, Delia Travel, and but it's uh, travel journalism. So that's what I'm back. That's why I'm here. That's exactly why Thank I'm here you. to honor it. Yep. The American people, just people in the modern world in general, I shouldn't just say Americans, have a concept of what poverty really was. I, they just, you know, the fact that, you know, we're, we're mesmerized. They walked for two days right? To get to Naples, maybe from Benevento, Lord knows how long it took. And they, and they probably thought, wow, I'm lucky I have shoes. The guy next door doesn't even own shoes. Someone said once, the poorest American today still probably has a better lifestyle than Louis XIV had. A flush toilet would have been an amazement to him. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're so lucky, you know, compared to, like you said, you know, he walked all, all that way. That's the stock we come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we're yeah. all doing the work we're doing. I got to ask you something. What's the best dish that you've had there? What's the specialty of your town? What are they known for? Oh, we are known for award-winning cacio cavallo cheese on our agriturismo. Yes, uh, the the Casaria family, who are my fourth cousins, they're entering all the time the, uh, the cacio cavallo contests, and they have tons of awards, and that's what their farm is about. So that is what Castle Franco is known for. Otherwise, it's I would say it's very, it's very simple food. You know, a lot of meat um, and pasta, but nothing fancy. You know, it's not like we're in Firenze here. It's it's not like that at all. 
Yeah, because um, you know why? Yeah. Because the food of Campania is so good on its own. The actual freshness and the quality, it doesn't need to be over. And it's in its simplest form. It is simple and, a- and absolutely, yeah. And they just want me to keep on eating it. When I hear the words Tacho Cavallo contest, I'm just imagining like Pat being a judge. And- <laughs> I love, I love Casa Cavallo. It's one of the most underappreciated cheeses, without a doubt. It's an approachable cheese. Italian <laughs> cheese are approachable. <laughs> I mean, Fred, when we went French... to Liuzzi and Pat was just in a room full of Cacho Cavallo. Oh, oh that was great. We went that's to a... right. That's... The way it's all hanging. Yes. I've got a picture of myself with that. Yeah. Well, he's uh, Fidele uh, Casario, who is the person who spearheads all of this. He's got the room up in the agriturismo that has all the Cacho Cavallo hanging. And uh, some of it was dating back like 15 years. The, wow. you know, these balls of Cacho Cavallo. And... Yeah. Fall favorites are back on Mediaset Italia. All the shows you love to cozy up on the couch with. Italian family favorites whipped up in the kitchen with cotto e mangiato. All eyes are back on the Grande Fratello Vip House with a brand new season and a fresh crop of contestants. A double dose of Maria De Filippi with the return of new episodes of Amici and Uomini e Donne. And the game show that puts you in the hot seat, Caduta Libera, and host Jerry Scotti will test your wits. Mediaset Italia has all the best entertainment from Italy year-round. Call your local television provider and ask for the channel today. But one of the beautiful things about the South is things like an aged Gazzagavala are now becoming appreciated. There's a renewed self-confidence in the intrinsic value of the quality and the excellence of their products. Yeah, you're right about that. I like to celebrate that with a knife and fork personally. (laughs) At all, you know. And I I just, yeah, you could just tear it off of of that bulb. If you've never had, listen, if you have a birthday coming up, if you have an anniversary, gift that special person in your life a beautiful Casagaval. Get them a beautiful age Casagaval. Number one, in an age you all spent the coronavirus cleaning out your houses. So if you buy another dust collector, you're going to go right back to where you were. Go online, get a really good quality Gazzacavallo, have a beautiful glass of red southern Italian wine, cut that Gazzacavallo up, eat it, enjoy it, and you're going to thank me. I know you'll thank mm-hmm. me. You'll tell me on Instagram, thank you, and I'll be, you know, I appreciate that. And go out and eat it. And this is how you support Southern culture, exporting. Because so many people, I mean, you, you, how many people out there, raise your hand, are giving your kid those Velveeta slices? Yeah. Right. You're a five year old. I can tell you something. My cousins, two or three year olds, they eat clams, mussels, uh, oysters. I know they're not supposed to, but they eat them anyway. Because when you start the kids young out on good food, you don't have to train them. You don't. Italy is not a country of the kitty menu. There's no chicken fingers in from in Italy. So go ahead. Buy your kid. If your kid is turning five and all the other beautiful gifts you give them, give them a gazzacaval. That's the great gift for a kindergarten kid. They can play with it. They can throw it around with their friends. And like then they can ball. cut it up. What yeah. a great, what, how great is a toy that you can eat? <laughs> we, we actually ship them though from, uh, from Castle Franco. Mayangora. You can buy, yeah. you can buy the award winning. That's right. You can, you have it shipped right to your, your home in the U S and that's what we get for Christmas from Castle Franco. If yeah. they want, if yeah. they want to send any and plug them, we'd be more than happy. Yeah. Okay. 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 We'll okay. I'll okay. go on. Pat, Pat'll try any yeah. free food you send them. Or, you know no, what? I'm quality. coming home and Hold on. listen. Quality. Hold, stop him. Quality food. Quality. <laughs> okay. And all um, the people who send me stuff uh, are, are artisans. 
even That's our true. listeners. So I am an appreciator of artisanal products. How about this? I promise I'll bring you Cacho Cavallo because Fantastic. I'm coming back because um, I want to touch base in the U.S. so that I can get that 90 days uh, again, you know, the 90 day period so I can stay for another three months. And um, some of my relatives are very interested in potentially investing with me in the house that I am buying and renovating. And it was formerly a hotel. So there's two sides to it. One side is pretty well intact, but then there's this scashad part of it that's all stone and it has the curb appeal that I'm looking for, for the documentary. And so I will renovate the stone part. It's kind of a sliver and um, altogether it's only about 1,500, uh, 1,600 square feet. But uh, it's got a big job uh, ahead of me, and I'm trying to fast track uh, the municipio to uh, you know realize that this is an important project. That, that is Franco. a juxtaposition. That is mutually exclusive. <laughs> municipio, which is the Italian word for yeah. town hall, and yeah. fast track cancel <laughs> each other out. You can have fast track, yeah. you can have municipio, but they are never. In the same <laughs> Patrick, you don't even know. Yes. What is the well, every time you go to Municipio, you hear two words, no and impossible. <laughs> no, you know what? Impossible. This, is, this no. is what I'm facing. Impossible. And as a, yeah, as a New Yorker, when I'm just like, we have to make this happen. We need to bite the bullet. This just has to happen. It has to happen soon. And they're looking at me and I'm always hearing this. Oh, it's going to be 30 days. You know, that's how we have to go to Benevento and the Notayo and this and that. And I'm going to the Sindago in the municipio and i'm just saying we have to make this happen so just i mean come on please a, this is your benefit just so our, a, our listeners know a notaio is a notary in italy yeah i have no idea what they do it's like a secret <laughs> i think they just stamp things as a lawyer i think the notaio in yeah. italy is like the best racket going right you know you're that's basically right. every time yeah. you seal something you get a piece of the action it's only in italy it's could such a profession exist an italian notaio is actually a little bit more prestigious than being a lawyer. They make more than them. They get a they get a lot more, a lot more uh, respect. But what do they do? They just seal. They just they're like notary publics, right? He has to just put a little stamp on your paper. Well, I'll tell you, and it takes thirty days, obviously, to do that. I think for twenty nine days they're doing something else, and then they look and go, "Oh, look at today's the thirtieth day. Let's put that stamp on today." So with that, that process is driving me crazy. I'll tell you, I'm I'm definitely I a New Yorker at heart and I want things done and I want them done fast. But especially when you don't have a command of the, the language that makes it even more difficult for, for me to do this project. But uh, we're getting there, but I've got some people behind me and we're moving it along. So I'm gonna be able to start the structural work on my little stone part pretty quickly, and, but it's still not gonna have the notayo's blessing. So the municipio was, and I don't know if this is smart or not, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm taking a risk here. I feel like it's a lot easier in Italy to ask for forgiveness than permission. I, I think I might've told this story on the air before, but like, I think time is just different for us as Italian Americans. I, when my wife and I got married, I wanted to give out these, um, these uh, pots of pasta fazula. There was like a kit that I found at a store that my father-in-law goes to. It's a, it's a beautiful terracotta pot. It's got beans and macaroni and a wooden spoon. And it's all wrapped up in this perfect kit. It's even got the diffuser for the stove. I said, this is my favorite food, important in my family history. So I said to my wife, can we give these out as the bomboniera? She said, yeah, okay. So we needed, you know, one per couple. We needed 250 of them. And uh, I tracked down the manufacturer in, in Campania and I, we got them on the phone through a friend of a friend of a friend. And we were getting married in October. And I think this was probably like may 
And uh, I called them and I said, oh, no, it's in, in Italian. I said, you know, Signore, we need 250 of these. And I got excited because I thought to myself again, like, you know, contributing to the South. When has a pasta fazula kit maker ever sold an order of 250 units? That seems very high for a pretty unique product. And he said, well, Signore, you know, it's May now and the wedding's October. And obviously we have to close for August. So I don't think we can do it. And I said to myself, geez, Louise, this is a totally different mentality than we have. And even beyond what I ever expected, because that that kind of runway in America, they would do it in six days. You know what I mean? Like I got five months, but it's, you know, it's not enough time. I'm not I'm not going to make it. Sorry. Yeah, he's, he's too busy taking the extra days and he's, he's got to have to go to the Nataya before he can make the deal happen. That's probably what happened. <laughs> Val, I got, I got it. Because yeah. that was uh, that was Fabrica de la Pasta. And I'm just like shocked. Like they do deals with TJ Maxx and stuff. But, you know, and and TJ Maxx definitely never ordered 250 fuzzle pots. <laughs> no, I doubt it. I, yeah, you can get them at TJ Maxx. Now. I've seen them before. I've seen, Since then, I've seen them at TJ Maxx. So maybe they got an exclusive I didn't know about. Val, I got to ask you a question. Yes. How, how old is the shkasha, the part of your house? That is a very good question. I'm not 100% certain about the shkasha part, but I know the other part was purchased in 2014. So the man who was selling it to me and they, and it was in better condition, but he never renovated any part of it. But this is what I need to learn is the shkasha part of the house. How old is it? To me, it, it looks original. It, it absolutely does. So and what's I'm original mean? To preserve it. Oh, I, you know what? Good question. Don't, don't know. I really don't know. That's something I will find out once, once this house is mine and thinking about, could it, can it be, you know, more than a hundred years old? Is it, is it, is it in the yeah. old, is it on the piazza or is it like on a side street? It's on a, it's right on the entrance to the Centro Storico in the middle of our Centro oh, Storico is nice. now the music school. Oh, it is. It's beautiful. It's, it just has the curb appeal. And I say that, you know, in a real estate kind of a way uh, for the, the documentary. Do you have so, a balcony? Yes, there's going to be a balcony behind uh, my part of the house. And then there's a balcony in front of the, I call it the smooth side, which is the side that is in better shape. And there is a balcony that is overlooking our square called San Rocco Square. Oh, where, but then, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I do have on either side. Yeah, I'm excited about my terraces. I'm, I'm completely excited about it. Yeah. You, you can make speeches off of those terraces. <laughs> I love it. Yes, Italy, Italy, Balconies in Italy were made for long. Yes, that's one of the reasons why I'm going with this particular long house. Long-winded speeches. That's, I, I always wanted yeah. a balcony. John, I often told John he needed a house with a balcony. He could go out there. I would go. I'd be the archaeotic clap. Yeah, you would clap for me. Oh, you would come and clap. Your wife, I don't know. She'd probably be out. I don't know. I, Nicole, I can't see Nicole really into. My wife barely listens to me. We're sitting at the table together, let alone if I'm on a balcony, you know, uh, proclaiming <laughs> something. But I. Uh, so Valerie, before we let you go, uh, you know, you bring all these people back to your ancestral town. To, to obviously, they many people in their own. Tell us what the reaction is have you have you seen people inspired to take on their own challenges to get active to to get involved in the south have have you seen the evangelism working well in from my personal experience yeah bringing people back to uh to the village we have this idea to make an italian american immersion community out of our village and so what that means is we will have a my vision is to have an ancestral house so even if you are not from our village you can still come and you can learn where your ancestors are from 
and also a Caccio Cavallo house. We want to have an Italian language house. We have a music school. So we have grand plans uh, beyond what I'm doing right now. So this is just the start. So, so yes, um, we are all inspired and there is not a dry eye in the village when I bring people over um, to, to see the land of their ancestry. And it's, it's just so well run these, these trips and they just tear it, they tug at you. So, but yes, so we, we have bigger plans. So, and I'm just one example. So I'm trying to find people who are doing what I'm doing in some fashion, you know, some way, shape or form. So if I can ask you for, for, for that plug, just to get in touch with me, if you are Italian American, if you're doing something in a bricks and mortar type of a way, but maybe, maybe even beyond that, or maybe something just conceptual, like, like we were talking about, you know, some other idea that brings back Southern Italy and saving Southern Italy. Um, do you like the title saving Southern Italy? I put it up on uh, one of the, the Italian threads and somebody they, they didn't like it. Uh, they thought it was condescending. It was, like, if, oh. it, if it wasn't, if it, it wouldn't be an Italian threat if there wasn't someone throwing their two cents. In. <laughs> okay, you, you could say two it. plus two is four, and well, it's really not four. And you yeah. know, how do you know it's four? And my my mother always said it was five, and no one listened to her. You know, it's 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 the nature of the like beast. Any, they don't like anything. Don't listen. Oh, yeah. you know what? It's fine. I, I said to myself, okay, this is a working title, Saving Southern Italy. It's absolutely not meant to be in a condescending way. It's actually meant to be the exact opposite and to really just to help, to it's, help it's our true. roots. Yeah. It, it, listen, yeah. and whoever said that either is in denial <laughs> or is right, right, right. the South of Italy is an economic, has a lot of serious issues. And that's why they have bled people, especially young people now. So, you know, if they want to live in denial, that's that's fine. But you can never fix a problem that you don't confront. Hey, you, that's don't, true. you don't recognize. Yeah, you so. said it. No, you said it. Yep. So um, nothing so derogatory there. Yeah. So t- tell us how uh, our audience can find you and contribute. Where can they find you on social media? How can they contact you if okay. they do have these uh, these examples that would that would fit into the project? Yes, I'm, um, I'm travelwithval.com. That's my website. And you can also reach me through that website on my email. But just the email itself is uh, travelwithval at gmail.com. And I'm travelwithval, uh, you know, everywhere else except for LinkedIn. I'm Valerie Delia. So I'm just, you know, happy to anybody who has any ideas or even if it's not the particular person, but says, hey, I know blah, blah, blah. And that, that'll be, you know, great. Let me, let me just um, do my, my due diligence and my research. I would very much appreciate that. Um, that that's would, where I'm at with this. Yeah. You, you got to support Valerie. If you believe in the movement and you believe in the community and you want to see us thrive, uh, you got to go out and support the people who are doing the footwork. And that's the only way we're going to grow this thing. You're not kidding. That's the truth. Yeah. And I'm a cheerleader for it, for Southern Italy. So how could you not be? Yeah. Yeah, how that's true. How and could it you all not comes be? from the heart. That's it. That's simple. Well, if you or anyone you know out there in the audience is working on a project like this, you may have an opportunity to be featured in what is a very exciting forthcoming documentary put together by someone who clearly shares our passion for Italy, for the South, and for our ancestral connections. So I hope everybody out there will dig through their brains and uh, their repositories of connectivity to see who they might be able to send Val's way because it's, it's well worth bringing people doing good works together. So Val, thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun and we're going to plumb our depths to see if we can't think of some examples too. 
I uh, really, really appreciate it, everyone. And thank you so much for having me on board. I appreciate it, especially here from Southern Italy. Yes, we're all jealous and uh, hopefully we'll all be reunited there soon. So uh, keep thinking about who you might know. And if you yourself have a little bit of courage and conviction, you too can go back and contribute to saving Southern Italy and it's well worth the undertaking. So from all of us at the Italian American podcast, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Da, 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 da. And your life will be great. See that you're born an Italian if you want your life to be great. See that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. <laughs>